On today's first round KO, we talk about Carmelo Anthony possibly coming off the bench in Houston. We talk about how Randy Orton was a bully. Uh, we talk about the Brewers struggling, but still only a couple games back. We talk about the favorites to meet in the World Series for the for Major League Baseball. And then we got some segments, find out what I am hashtag mad about. Um, and then winners and losers, as always. Let's get it. Shock the system. to the most must-hear WSUW sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Connor J. Moore. You know, 72 hours without having Facebook installed on your phone minus the messenger out because not everyone has your text you has your actual cell phone number but 72 hours without having facebook on your phone is very refreshing <laughs> I, I i i i got to get that out cuz i mean i i still have twitter because i i i mean i'm and i don't really i haven't even really tweeted anything in the same 72 hours right so i so i just have it I still have Instagram on there, but I've I've rarely gone on that. So essentially, I've basically gone somewhat. Oh, and I have Snapchat. And the only reason I have Snapchat is because this is going to sound so basic, but I I I know if I break a few streaks with some people, my <laughs> my head is coming off. Gotta save the streaks, man. It's 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 not even. It, if it were up to me, I would kill them off. But I would like my head to stay attached to my body. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, and there's two people in particular who I know who would just come head hunting for me the moment I step back on Whitewater if I if I break that streak. So, <clears throat> those stay just for the sake of that. So probably but smart. Yeah. Didn't post anything on Snapchat either, and I have to say. It feels nice. It feels nice. Just taking a step back away from social media, which I kind of needed from a personal standpoint for a while. And yeah. so I thought, so I figured I'd just get it out of the way now. Give me my few days off of social media because when I get back to Whitewater, because of all the stuff that I do, I have no choice. I, oh, need, right. all, I need all of it. Yeah, that makes sense. Because promotion's a big thing, you know? Right. So, yeah. Got to keep but, the brand up. Basically, yeah. Okay. God, you sound like my dad. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I took took a few days off of Facebook, deleted it clean off my phone, and it feels good. It feels good. I feel kind of mentally recharged, and I don't, I don't know. I, I think I needed it because I was starting to hit a little bit of a deeper rut looking at it, and now, now I'm good. I'll probably... By the time this podcast comes out, Facebook will be re-uploaded. Will be re-uploaded, and I'll be good. So, um. I can I, I can actually attest to that. I did the same thing. Uh, I think it was back in high school. 
is through a very rough time in my life. And I deleted all, all social medias off my phone for, I think it was two months. And it was some of the best two months that I've had, especially in high school. It was just great. I only talked to my friends in person. I called them and texted them if I needed to. And that was about it. And it was really great. And then when I went back on Facebook, I didn't tell anyone. I just kind of did it. And then that, that in itself, you know, still kind of kept its lust. Like I would kind of check up on like, you know, memes and stuff on Facebook and, and, you know, look at what other people are posting. And I didn't post too much, but yeah, so, so I can definitely attest to how much it actually helps when you're going through something funky in your head. You know, it's, it's a, it's a good, it's a healthy thing to do a social media detox when you, whenever you feel you need to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, I didn't do a complete absolute purge of it, but I took a good, a decent step away. I just needed a few days, honestly. Like I, I I mean, what I love to go two months. Yes. But football season starts in a month for Warhawk football, you know, Ooh, so, that's right. Ooh. So, I mean, all that, but no, I think I'm good. I think, I think I'm all good. I kind of got, I think I'm for the most part recalibrated and it helps that coming up. I have a bunch of stuff, to, you know, that'll yeah. keep my mind off things. You're so, a busy yeah. man the next couple of weeks. You um, got that right. But speaking of taking breaks, segue, <laughs> segue um we're taking a break from our nfl predictions today um so we finished up our nfc predictions on monday go back and listen to that our nfc north predictions and so today um because friday and monday are both going to be wrestling related shows because of SummerSlam, we are taking a break from our nfl predictions today uh, other than starting the AFC today and then taking a two-show break and then continuing, we're just going to start the AFC predictions next week, next Wednesday. Um, so yeah, the the that's what. We're, so today's just a normal talking about the news episode. So we're going to start today in the NBA because we haven't talked basketball in a while. And speaking of that, much to the benefit of probably everyone who listens <laughs> probably i don't know if anyone saw it i don't know if you even saw it because it was i posted it um when i tweeted one of the links out uh, or put one of the links on facebook or whatever the caption was uh i i i sincerely think that this is the first episode that we didn't mention lebron james <laughs> because i i was thinking about it because i usually go in and i do the tags and it's like blah 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 whatever we talked about LeBron James, LA, <laughs> but right. but the last episode, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure we didn't. So I was, I was like, yes, I'm proud yes, of us. Yes, I, I don't think there was a single LeBron James. The only LA reference in that entire show was by was by me talking about the Rams. Exactly. So, I, and I, I don't have anything LeBron today. We'll see. He always comes up, but you know, we're we're gonna stick with the NBA because some pretty, I'm not gonna say shocking news. But some pretty entertaining news came out of Houston because uh, as soon as the buyout in Atlanta was complete, Carmelo Anthony was claimed or signed or whatever to the Houston Rockets. Carmelo Anthony is now a member of the Rockets. And the big question going into that was, is Carmelo going to come off the bench? And immediately when he was asked about it, like it was like the day after everyone was asking, will you come off the bench? And Carmelo said, no, I'm still a starter. I'm still going to come. I'm still going to start games. I still have megastar potential. Um, 
her megastar talent to play on the court. And then <laughs> yesterday, uh, reports came out that Carmelo Anthony um, will, like the Rockets came out and said that <laughs> that Carmelo will be coming off the bench. Um, he, but and now Melo has uh, today now come out and said uh, he said, "quote Let's just let oh let's just let it play out though." Um, I don't even know what's going on. I just signed. Let it start first. So apparently they didn't talk about this. <laughs> That's what I'm getting out of this. Um, but uh, yeah, Connor, what what's your reaction to all this? Why is it August and we're still talking about Carmelo and the Rockets? <laughs> to be honest, like anytime it comes up on ESPN, I'm just kind of just like we're still talking about this. We're still we're still talking about the worst kept secret, which is not even a secret anymore in basketball. Which is Carmelo is going to be a rock. He's not coming off the bench. He's going to start. He might start the season coming off coming off the bench, but as the season progresses, they're going to find a way in a, to get that rotation where they're going to have all three of them: Harden, Paul, and Melo in the starting lineup. I think it probably benefits them either way. I mean. The only thing that I'm hoping for is that this reunion of Carmelo and Mike D'Antoni isn't isn't like the first time they were paired in New York. That's honestly all I have for you. Will he start on the bench? Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. But we all know he's going to end up in the starting lineup, and that big three is actually going to be on the court at the exact same st- at the exact same time, starting games. A lot sooner rather than later, probably before the Christmas Day games. So this is this is kind of a non-story to me. I can't believe ESPN and everybody else was blowing this up, right? Because <laughs> because I think I think now they're just beating a dead horse because it's official now. He's officially a Houston Rocket. So now they can actually talk about it. Yeah, right. As if they haven't talked about it enough when he wasn't exactly a Houston. Well, Rocket, that's the thing. Unofficial. This was the Rocket. talking point in here in Oklahoma City too. Like literally a year ago, we were having the same conversation, and even in April, like the conversation has just kept on going wherever he is. And I think that's the big part of this. That to me is the big story here is that Carmelo isn't accepting his role or just himself. Like, he he has not accepted that he's aging, he isn't the player he used to be, he can't shoot threes, and it's a three-point league. It's it's amazing to me the level of self-awareness that he doesn't have. And uh, I I thought, to me, when, you know, he, he got asked right away, Will you come off the bench? And he said no. And to me, that was just a reconfirmation that he still believes that he can go, which is fine. But then when the Rockets came out with this and said, hey, you know, you're probably going to start off the bench. (laughs) I thought that was going to be a wake up call to him. But it's not like he's still even though they said (laughs) that eventually Maybe not right away, but you will be coming off the bench at some point. Even he still has it in his head. Like, nah, we'll see. Like, I'll, I'll prove him wrong. They won't be have. They won't have me on the bench. It's like, no, D'Antoni. It's not a question of your talent at this point. D'Antoni just wants to try different 
coaching schemes and he wants to try different lineups and see what meshes together. Like it's not a it's not a question if you can still go because like you he, Carmelo Anthony still has the talent. He can still play, but he's not the player he used to be, but he can still play. It's that's not the question at this point and D'Antoni knows that because D'Antoni has coached him before. The whole thing here is now that now they're just he's just trying to be a good coach. He's trying to figure out the best way, the best lineup to win games and to compete with Golden State. And this is just this is just the starting domino in not even the starting domino. This is one of the, you know, middle dominoes at this point of the Rockets just falling off. And you know, they lost Ariza, they lost in Bahamute. And now, now they added Chris Paul, or they added Carmelo Anthony, and with his whole bench issue, it's like the the Rockets are going to be very interesting to watch this year, and it's I and that's not a good thing, I don't think. Um, yeah, the, this Rockets team, they, I think they messed up, and you know that this was a desperation move, and now they have to deal with this diva on their hands and all that, and. Yeah, that's that's all I got. You want to add anything? Honestly, not at all. To to be to be to be honest with you, um, you want to know how much of a non-story this whole this this yeah. whole thing is? Yeah, it's so much of a non-story that even in the middle of me giving my whole spiel about why this is we the fact that we've already talked about this a billion times over and just haven't realized it yet. I was in the midst of actually going on Twitter, just kind of just scrolling, you know, not posting and someone posted their pictures <laughs> from high school freshman year. And I'm sitting here trying hard not to bust out laughing while I'm trying to give an adequate response to how I feel about Carmelo Anthony. If that doesn't scream, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I don't I don't know what the, I've reached a point now where I would literally literally talk more about the front office and the in the going ons of the New York Knicks then spend another week talking about, Dude, about don't, Carmelo. Don't sleep on the Knicks this year. That Kevin Knox I'm, playing with Porzingis is going to be dangerous. Oh, I'm not sleeping on them at all, but I mean, yeah. Can't, like yeah. Ugh. I can't wait for like, the Christmas game. The Bucks same. the Bucks and the Knicks. That's going to be a good, oh, really good game. Oh, same. Um yeah, all right. That's enough NBA. Let's move on to the world of professional wrestling and more specifically the WWE because a certain former legend killer and now a legend in himself is under some interesting uh, uh, scandals. It, well, scandal. Uh, so WWE says that it is looking into old allegations of sexual uh, Im- what sexual acts uh against randy orton that resurfaced last week the former or a former wwe writer court bauer a court uh, accused geez i can't talk accused orton of exposing himself to new writers as a form of initiation 
in twenty twelve in a twenty twelve podcast. The story gained traction after a Reddit user reposted the quote. Quote For every new writer that would show up, he comes in the room, puts his hand down his pants, pulls out his dick, touches himself, <laughs> then says, I'm can Randy we, Can we back can, can we back up and realize that you just said that on the on the podcast? <laughs> we can say that. I don't care. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> Why not? Uh, <laughs> go on you're at i'm randy orton <laughs> then says i'm randy orton shake my hand oh you don't want to shake my hand you're big leaguing me that's effed up man should i go tell vince and steph that you don't want to shake randy orton's hand end quote uh and that's this is all per wrestlingnews.co bauer confirmed the story uh on friday on twitter and orton um, you know, he, this isn't his first incident within WWE. He's been, a uh, he's 38 years old. He's been in, with the company for close to two decades now. Uh, he also has a personal history of, uh, violating, uh, wellness policies within WWE by all accounts. Orton has matured in recent years and has seemingly no documented issues lately. Um, and it is unclear if WWE executives knew of the hazing ritual uh, Bauer said Orton did not harass him on his first day in the company because Stephanie McMahon was in the room when Orton normally would pull out the, the yes. Viper. Really? <laughs> really? I had to. We just went from first round KO to Barstool Sports in 0.5 seconds. What the hell just happened? I'm okay with that. Don't, don't even... <laughs> love Barcelona. Um <laughs> All right, Connor. What is, what is your reaction to this story? Two things. Well, let me get these two things out first and then I'll get my actual reaction. Sure. Number 1, we live in a world where you where you blurred out effed up, but you flat out just said the word. <laughs> I don't see what the problem is with that word. I, it I <laughs> It's just and, funny how it's just funny how that word is also blurred out. That's but true. But you just you full send that one, but you blur out, but you blur out the f bomb. <laughs> and the second thing I want to get out the way is in the quote where it's talked where 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 Bauer was talking about when Stephanie McMahon was there. Literally, I, if I remember the quote correctly, he he was literally in the midst of doing the exact same thing. Yeah. He and was Stephanie a, a, walked right in and then chewed Randy out. Oh, really? So he, he, yeah. Like there was an, there's like an actual quote from way, Bauer about it. The way that I heard that was Orton was like, Orton had just put his hand down his pants and was about to put, like he had unzipped his pants, was about to pull out the Viper and, and then, like Stephanie walked in, and he just kind of stopped. I guess I didn't know. I, I guess I didn't. Hear oh, I saw if something Stephanie... where oh, I saw something where Stephanie just flat out confronted him because because she, she walked in right when it was about to happen. See, now but... that that makes this story interesting because that would indicate that WWE knew about this in some capacity. Well, I mean, I I mean, it could very well be the way the way you percept, uh you took it, or it could be the way I took it. I mean, I'm not. All we know is that the main big quote, which is what you read earlier, and the hazing. If this, right, and if this is the case, wow, 2012. I'm trying to think where Randy Orton was in his career in 2012. 
I believe this was in the midst of he was in the midst of one of the best runs of his career when he was the best, probably the best heel in the company. I want to say this was around when Legacy was still no was still a faction. Is, no, is that no, not no, when no, 20, no, no. that uh, wasn't when twenty twelve was? Twenty twelve. I just googled twenty twelve WWE. Yeah, what was he doing in that? What, well, what was he up to in twenty twelve? That was the year that uh, Brock Lesnar returned. Okay, the night after Mania. The Shield oh, debuted later that oh, year. Oh, Legacy was years ago. I'm yeah, Legacy was a long ago. time ago. Um, this was like Shield. So I guess I'm not. I'm. St- I'll, I'll look while you're talking here to see what Orton was doing. I'm gonna say because I want because if this is in 2012, then obviously he's doing this. By the time he did this, I mean he's already well established. You know, the Legacy days have already been long gone. Right. So have the rated RKO days. So have so has one of the best rivalries. In the in the 2010, in the middle, of, from the year 2000 to 2010, one of the best rivalries in WWE in that in that 10 year span was the John Cena Randy Orton rivalry. It's one of the I think it's one of the top rivalries, one of the marquee rivalries in that decade. So obviously, Randy Orton, the name Randy Orton was, you know, it's a mark. It's been more than a marquee name, right? I, if he did do this, if this was hazing, if this was him just screwing around, if this was whatever it was, I want to know when this happened in proximity, time-wise, to around those wellness violations, which again, those are completely separate things, but I mean, if I've learned anything from w, from the WWE from watching it than having to then than not watching it then to all of a sudden watching it again. If there's one thing that I know about them after, you know, actually knowing the business and everything, how the business works and not being stuck in eight year old Connor's ways. Yeah. Regardless of how you hit those three strikes, you are kind of, you're kind of bye-bye. You're kind of bye-bye. Um, so if he did do this, and it sounds like it seems like he did, because because this sounds like too much of a vivid story for it to be fabricated, unless somebody is really just trying to go after Randy now that his career is really starting to pick back up again. But assuming he did this, I feel like if this happened in the last three years. Orton would have gotten the swiftest of boots out the company by now, especially given everything going on in the world with the Me Too movement, with Title IX, with so many different things. Which leads me to believe that somebody out there, our old Reddit user, must really be trying to hurt Randy Orton. Like, from a career standpoint, if they're going, if they went back and just randomly found it. I just want to know what compelled them to do it. That's not excusing Randy Orton for what he did oh, no. at all. I think this is absolutely stupid. And at, at, again, this is 2012 Randy Orton. This wasn't 2005, 2006 Randy Orton, you know, when he's around, you know, youngest champion in the WWE, you know, he's still a, he's, he's young right. and, he, and he could, and he could afford to be immature because he's still essentially a kid in the business. Yeah. Oh, he did. This is yeah, 2012. Right. Even, yeah. Even, 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 still further on point, you know? Yeah. Like, he's, st- like he's still relatively young within that time period. Yeah. 
but this is 2012 Randy Orton, seasoned vet Randy Orton, you know? The, he, this, in a way, I'm sure he's kind of just like, well, I've, he's kind of, why is this coming out now? Why is this, why is this, why is this, this witch hunt after me? But I guarantee you there's a part of him where he's just like, thank God it's going to come out five, uh, six years ago. Yeah. Because had it did six years ago, I don't think I don't think we'd be talking Randy Orton this current day. I really don't think we would be talking Randy Randy Orton. Yeah. So I don't know if this podcast did a good job of sweeping it under a rug then, or maybe it was under investigation, but it just kind of disappeared after a while. I don't know what. I just wanted this. The biggest thing for me here is just why. Why number one is why did someone on Reddit feel compelled to go back? dig this up you know conveniently when randy orton is starting to rejuvenate his career getting back to what he's usually just being a heel in the business but then why number two is flashing it back to six years ago why the hell would you do this if you're randy orton knowing how much value you have to the company albeit you know rising you know the shield debuted and you had three of your rising stars right there and you had other uh, top faces, not literal faces, but you know, like, like not faces in the company, but faces in like actual, like yeah. human being faces in the company. And you're one of the marquee names at that point. Why would you do that? I just want to know what, he, what his thought process was six years ago for him to just stick his hand down his pants, whip it out. And then try to be like, oh, you're big leading me now? Or you want me to tell Vince? I guarantee you those do- the only reason why Vince didn't know about it is because those writers were scared beyond belief. Oh, well, absolutely. That's the only reason Vince didn't know about it right at the jump. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, a b- well, a big thing to remember, like, the reason that I think it may not have been a big deal in 2012 is because podcasts weren't necessarily huge in 2012 like they were just kind of i don't know they they had already started they were still they weren't as popular as they are today so maybe that's why it's resurfacing maybe no one really paid it any mind when it happened or when the quote finally came out um but to to actually look at this timeline concerns me because i don't know when this when this quote actually did come out but 2012 was a a fairly big year not I shouldn't say 2012 2013 was a big year for Randy Orton because you know 2012 like I mentioned he 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 feuded with you know he felt he feuded with Dolph Ziggler and then a couple other people and then the Shield and he he was a big part in them you know he he had a match at at WrestleMania with the Shield and blah 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 and then he started his feud with, uh, or he started pairing with Daniel Bryan against Kane, I guess, and sh- or to to go with the Shield or whatever. But then, so 2013, after WrestleMania, uh, this is when Orton won Money in the Bank, and then he went on to cash in at SummerSlam after the main mm-hmm. event on Daniel Bryan after Daniel beat. 
that's when yeah that that's when the authority line started and Orton was the top guy and then later in the year they combined the world heavyweight and the WWE championship and Orton won that match too and and then and then Orton headlined WrestleMania as champion like it's, so so here's the so that that's what gets me so this quote comes out on a podcast in 2012 and then Orton still goes on to be the top guy in WWE for the considerable future because even after even after he lost the title at WrestleMania 30 to Daniel Bryan he still you know he was still feuding with Seth Rollins who was also a top guy he was feuding he was part of uh the evolution uh uh reboot basically and he he was still a big part in the storyline so to me it's one of two things happen one they didn't know about it like Stephanie didn't catch him no he he merely stopped when Stephanie walked in and then no one knew anything and you know the podcast I apparently no one heard it the other possibility is maybe Stephanie did see him confronted him and maybe they did hear about it on the podcast whatever maybe they did know about this in 2012 when this quote came out or even when it happened there's a strong possibility because Randy had been at that point with the with the company for 10 years there's a strong possibility and because he was so put he was pushed so hard because you know he first came up with Triple H and Ric Flair and Batista and all evolution of these, yeah. yeah and it, he was such a big part he was he was the youngest champion at one point and and he won several champion I think he's a 14 time champ or 13 time champion now He's a Grand Slam champion, whatever he's that's a, worth. Yup, he's a Grand Slam champion, but it seems everyone is nowadays. Basically. And, to yeah, like, there's a possibility that they found out or they knew and they just didn't care. They didn't think it was a big deal at the time because apparently it wasn't. It had to be resurfaced six years later. And Vince just, Vince was just like, I don't care. He's my guy. Vince, yeah, I, yeah. To, yeah, Vince might have laughed. <laughs> Honestly, he's got a sick sense of humor, as we can tell by some divas wrestling in in years past. And he, there's, I think that there's a strong possibility that WWE knew about this, and they swept it under the rug. Maybe they were the ones hiding it from the podcast from getting out on the podcast. Who knows? It just, and it's interesting too because. Randy Orton was not on SmackDown tonight, and there were rumors that he would be added to the United States Championship match at SummerSlam. He did not, so now he is, you know, most likely miss. He he will not have a match at SummerSlam, so maybe that's some sort of punishment that they're giving him because that's going to be a big payday for a lot of wrestlers. I think he's he's going to be at SummerSlam just, just well, because yeah. he doesn't have. I thought. I mean, he was briefly shown on SmackDown peeking behind the curve. Oh, that's right. But <laughs> Forgot about you, that. we all we all know what's going to happen at SummerSlam. I'm going to save it for when we get to the actual show. Let for me Friday, yeah. talk, talk about SummerSlam. 
So I'm going to save that. But we all know, we as in those who've been paying attention to the WWE, because I know there's a good contingency of you who are just like, why are y'all talking about this again? Probably. But, but for those of us who do know what's going on, I know what probably a lot of us are thinking, and I'm just going to say it out loud Then the next time we record. So Randy Orton's going to be at SummerSlam. Don't, like, I, he, he might not get a paid as if he was wrestling, but you mean to tell me that he's, that he's finally showing up and everything, you know, he's got his career, I don't want to say back on track, but, you know, he's picking up traction again. He's, he's a heel, he's a Orton. heel, and he, 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 he's a, he's a heel, he's yeah. not stale, stale anymore. And he enjoys being Randy, a heel, he's actually trying. <laughs> exactly, the whole Randy Borton era is dead in the water now, thankfully. So, he's going to be there. Now, Is I don't know if him not having a match at SummerSlam was just already a case of the writers already doing what they are doing, at the sticking to the plan, or if they were thinking about adding him to the card, but then this whole thing came up, and they're like, nope, scratch that. Yeah. But he's going to be at SummerSlam one way or the other. It's just a match. I just want it's. I think the thing that it's going to be the telltale sign of this investigation is really picking up steam. Is their usage of Randy Orton post SummerSlam? Because notice we have yet to see him actually compete in a ring since he came back. Yeah, he hasn't had a match yet. I don't think. Actually, he has not. He's just come out and assaulted Jeff Hardy. Are you sure? I feel like he. I don't remember. I don't think so. I think it's just been, yeah, I think it's just been Jeff Hardy beat-ups so far. And promos, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting to see post-SummerSlam. Honestly, I think it's not going to be, I, I don't think it'll be an issue. If it wasn't an issue, then it won't be an issue now because it happened six years ago, so. All right. I think they might be back into a corner, though, to, to, to levy some form of punishment because of, again, they could I, honestly, right now, they could say, oh, he's suspended from SummerSlam. And then that would be easy. They, they could. But there's with as much charity work, everything that they do in the different organizations that they're partnered with and all of that, if this investigation picks up steam and the WWE essentially sweeps this one under the rug and like, yeah, I mean, it was six years ago. I mean, he's changed so much. It was six years ago. There are going to be organizations who are going to be like, wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on, yeah. aren't you supposed to be the anti-bullying corporation? Aren't you supposed to be this? Aren't you supposed to be that? I, I have a funny feeling that's going to happen. As, as long as they do something, if they do something to reprimand Randy Orton, I think that'll be good enough. However, I'm 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 in agreement with you. Do I think they actually will? No, they'll say they will, but they'll write in the they'll write it into storyline like you said he's suspended for SummerSlam, yeah. or he's suspend he's got a 30-day suspension you know when they when they when they kept ronda off raw for a month to make sure they exactly. weren't overexposing her exactly they'll do so- they'll do something like that but they'll write it into story but i have a hard time thinking wwe is going to do anything about this i completely I still think or it is completely stupid for what he did six years ago but i would assume i'll 
mean, I know a lot has happened in six years. I'm pretty sure one of the suspensions he had was within these six years. So yeah. let's just let's just hope that this end that this investigation, regardless of how it ends, ends relatively quickly. But I think we all know that Randy Orton is a complete dumbass for doing this. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk some baseball next. Uh, We're going to start with the Milwaukee Brewers because recently it's been very inconsistent for the Brewers. Uh, They have struggled, especially since the all-star break happened. Um, It's been a lot of big, big and exciting wins. Not a lot of it. There have been big, exciting wins, but it's the majority has been, it seems like there's been more losses than wins. Um, they lost, they lost a couple to the Dodgers. They, uh, they two, one series against the Rockies, which was okay. But then they lost, uh, they lost two, one to the Padres. They lost two, one to the Braves. And now we're back at the Cubs and today, you know, today or yesterday, uh, they beat the Cubs seven all, which and was beautiful. It was great. It was a really fun game to watch. It's it's just strange because that's you know they've been very inconsistent. Like the Dodgers put up twenty one runs on us on Thursday the second, and then and then the Rocky you know the Rockies scored three four and five, and then the Padres scored eleven four and eight. And then the Braves scored ten and eight, and so like our pitching's been very inconsistent, and our batting hasn't necessarily come up because a couple of those we've only scored one or two. Um, so like, it, and it, it's the typical post uh, All Star game struggle for the Brewers, which everyone kind of expects at this point. It happens every year for the Brewers. Even when we're not that good, it seems like we pick up steam at the beginning of the end of the first half, or at the end of the first half, and and then after All-Star break, we just lose all momentum and we stumble on our own feet. But when you look at the standings in the NL Central, especially after today, we're only two games back of the Cubs. Potentially, if we win tomorrow, we're only one game back. So we're we're def- the, the the Brewers are still in it. It's very interesting. Uh, so I guess my question to you, Connor, is first of all, how big is tomorrow's game? And then just in general, like, what do you think of the rest of the season for the Brewers? Why are they seemingly doing what they've done almost every year since I've at least started to pay attention with the Brewers? which is play themselves into contention to get to the playoffs, but can never quite seal the deal. And they always have that one significant slump that is that ends up doing their season. Now, if this is what's going to take place for that, where it's just like, oh, they win a few, then they lose a few, at least they're somewhat consistent because as it stands right now, they're still in the playoffs, but with every, but with seemingly every team on the outside looking in, unless your name is the Washington nationals getting, getting really hot right now, the brewers can't afford to 
be plagued by inconsistency right now. I think this is where we're starting to see them, you know, their refusal to go get a starting pitcher in the trade deadline, the non-waiver deadline. This could all change before before or on August 31st, the waiver right. trade deadline. But this is where we're starting to see where the pitching isn't is, could start to falter them. The lineup, as we talked about on the trade deadline, with the lineup that's currently constructed right now, when it's on, this lineup could, and as we saw in the game Tuesday, when this lineup is on, they could hit with the best of them. They could hit off of anyone. But it's when it's off or a little bit meh is when you're worried. Because if the pitcher can't get much run support and you already have issues with pitching, it's kind of hard, you know, it's kind of tough to send it to give the bullpen to have the bullpen take care of the game when your team's already down and your, and your lineup's kind of meh. So this series against the Cubs is very crucial. They, they, have, they have to split the series, in my opinion. They, they really do. This is the closest thing to a must-win series as it gets because it, the road doesn't get much easier for them. We're going into, going into September... I I can't help but to go back to what I said on the deadline. They need a pitcher to really compete and to, to get into the playoffs. To and as as it stands right now, to keep them in the playoffs. Because they have one of the top they have one of the wild card spots. I the way the Cubs are playing right now, I think they'll win the division barely. I think by maybe a game and a half, maybe by this two and a half game lead that were that you mentioned. But Oh, if I'm if I'm a full time Brewers fan, I'm an adopted one, so I'm gonna step out of this. I'm gonna step out of the ring for a second. But you know, if I'm people who've been, who've been watching the Brewers for a while, I can't help but to start getting worried about your postseason hopes if you make it to the postseason. Because at this rate, it looks like you guys are gonna start. You guys might. I don't want to say limping into the postseason because you guys aren't battered and injured like you guys were in April, <laughs> True. May. Which was atrocious, honestly. I felt so bad. Which was weird because that was some of the best baseball we've played. Exactly. Which when everybody was on and their grandma was on the DL. <laughs> but I can't help but think that if the, if they keep it up at this rate, this team is going to barely squeak in with the wild card. Yeah. And they're going to and they are going to get smacked so hard in that wild card game. Against a team that is most likely going to be out of the out of the NL West because everybody in that division seems like they're competing, minus the Padres. Yeah, exactly. Because the problem with the with the wild card game, if we do make that spot instead of winning the division, it's a one game elimination. Like you have to win that game to get into the rest of the playoffs. And most teams, like I would say, every other MLB team has one solidified starter that they turn to to in big games like that they would start in a wild card game i'm gonna tell you right now i don't know who the brewers would choose i can give you a few names but even those are shaky like I, i'm not fully confident that they would show up because they don't they're not consistent you show up and they start getting hot and then they give up 21 runs or they show up and they give up six and two innings they're like yoli's chassin has been very good for for the brewers this year He's been the underrated pickup of the of the offseason. 
but there are but there are games where he comes in and he just is his slider isn't working. He's just terrible because he gives up a lot of runs very quickly, and then we have to go deep into our into our bullpen. And the, and then you have Junior Guerra. He's always been shaky. He's our opening day was last year. Here, our opening day starter just decides not to be that good. They just oh yeah, I'm really gonna be able to coast through the season because he did that last year where he pretty sure he ended up in the minor leagues halfway through the season because he wasn't performing. And now this year, Chase Anderson was our opening day starter, and he's very much underwhelming and underperforming for the Brewers. They're, all of the starters are just inconsistent, and it's it's hard for me to tell you what Craig Council would do come that wild card game as far as a starting pitcher. And that is not a good sign because you need to, for those wild card games, you need to have someone that you can turn to, to play a good, to to pitch a good game, because we don't have we don't want to have to score eight runs to win. Like we're going to be facing the other team's best pitcher, so it might not be we not we might not be able to put up eight runs. It's just not a good situation if we're looking at a wild card. But so, in my mind, if the Brewers want any sort of hopes for playoff for a playoff run we need to win the division because i it it, for me it's a it's very hard to see them winning a wild card game to go on into uh, a divisional round Mm -hmm. so yeah i if we want any hope in the playoffs we need to win the division and jump over that wild card spot really if they want any hope of making the playoffs they better hope they better hope by some freak instance you know the the season ends tomorrow, and they have the wild and they own the wild card. Yeah, because I'm because I'm looking at some of the teams that are in the hunt for the wild card, and I'm talking within two games. I mean, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll throw in the teams that are like five or six games back. Yeah, and and I'm gonna list off these teams, and I'm gonna tell you what they have, what the Brewers don't have, that we've already kind of beat down. You know we've already talked about right so the brewers they're currently in the wild card spot who would they most likely send to to, to the mound chase anderson really i would say chassin really Jason? yeah still 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 I mean, yoli's chassin <laughs> what I mean, and you're and you're not gonna and you're not gonna throw the kid out there freddie peralta no and then you look at who has the other wild card spot who would play milwaukee if the playoffs were to end today or to, or to start tomorrow. It will be Philly. They're sending Arietta. Yep. One game. Which, to be fair, so, we have beat up on Arietta this year. Yes, but... But still, can't, like, that, can't he's run. a solidified pitcher who, who's, who's been, been to the postseason. Two, and has succeeded in the postseason. He, yeah. And he's, got, and he's got a World Series ring to prove it as well. Exactly. You go one game out, You there's St. Louis, Carlos Martinez. A game and a half, a game and a half out. Colorado, John Gray, most likely. Yep. LA, LA Dodgers. If they don't, if they don't win the division, which is weird to think, it they're really t- strange. They're they're two out of the wild card. They're sending Clayton Kershaw. Obviously. Then you look five games out. Pittsburgh, Chris Archer. And then six games out, San Francisco. If they somehow make it, they're sending Bumgarner. And if you and if you somehow, some way, if this team somehow squeaks in in the form of watch of the Washington Nationals, they're sending Scherzer. 
Like you and can go through and look at those teams and tell me they're one hundred percent solidified starter. Not only not only that, but all those teams have a lineup. All those teams that I listed have a lineup that would run roughshod over the starting rotation over the Brewers. Yeah. Every last one of them. From from Philly all the way down to Washington. Especially if Washington gets in because they look like they were dead in the water. And if they get in, and if they get hot, and they make the wild card, and the Brewers are still in the wild card, that's it. The Nationals are the Nationals are going to the NLDS. I agree, and that's why people i i don't I don't understand why people got on me so hard when I was pissed at the Brewers for not getting a pitcher, and why we went out and got Jonathan Scope. I like Jonathan Scope. I think he's going to be a great player. We still have him under arbitration next year. I think he's going to be good for us, but he's not what we needed right now. We have a decent lineup. We have a good, a good mix without scope. We had a good mix of defense and offense at every position. Why we needed to go make our lineup bet. Like our lineup was already good. I don't know why we had to go get out, go get a second baseman when we needed and it and it was evident after the after the trade deadline because the first we let off six runs and then twenty one runs and and if that's not evident of the the Brewers pitching staff I don't know what is I I still don't understand why we didn't go get it and I don't know why people got so confused about it it's it's been the Brewers weakness for the past couple seasons we've we always. I shouldn't say always. We normally have a pretty solid offense, especially since we've had Ryan Braun. Like he, he, he was our spark years ago, and now we got a lot of young guys who have been uh, carrying him. But it's all the starting pitching has always been our problem ever since we lost Zach Grinky. We have never found that dude who's been able to step up, and that's that's what everyone was saying last year. Last year trade deadline coming up, Brewers need a starting pitcher. Didn't happen. What and then what happened in the offseason? Brewers need a starting pitcher. Didn't get Arietta. Didn't get Darvish. Didn't uh Lance Lynn didn't get him. Nothing. Didn't get anyone. We got Yolis Chassin. Like I said, good pickup. Not a solid number one guy. And now we come to this this trade deadline again. It's the same thing that we've been saying for two years. Brewers need starting pitching, and they didn't do it. I I just don't get it. I it has not made any sense to me because if you want to make any sort of playoff run, you need a solid pitcher that you can turn to in critical games, like a wild card game. For their sake, for their sake, they need to get hot, and the Cubs need to. I don't because they the Cubs are have one of the have a top five best record in the national. In the, in the in the entire league right now, yeah, I, was, they I have, think I, I, they have the best league in the national or the best record in the national record league. in the national league. We technically yes. have the second best one. <laughs> so they're going to really have to hope that they that the Cubs moves to improve that bullpen falters out a bit, and they're going to have to hope the Cubs fall to that wild card spot and make them work for it. Which I mean, if you're the Cubs, I think. They're going to make it in the NLDS whichever way. 
if we're being honest. Yeah. Like either way, we're seeing two teams from this division, hopefully, in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, but, I, I think that's definitely what it's shaping out to be. Like we have the most, we both teams have the most wins in the NL. But it's just they're they're not going to advance because, as I mentioned, all those teams that I mentioned from St. Louis all the way down to Washington, the only chance on this planet that they have on winning against any of those teams a wild card is whoever they send on the mound better be having the game of their life and that offense better be clicking on all the cylinders that on paper when it can click on all cylinders it rakes it absolutely rakes Boston Red Sox level rake almost when they decide to when everyone's on when everyone's healthy I still think they make it into the playoffs personally. I don't think I, but I also think they get into the playoffs barely as a wild card. And I think it's a very, very short appearance. It's just a, Hey, we're here. Here's a brief cameo. Remember us, the re- the rebuild went ahead of schedule. Okay. We'll leave now. Yep. It's, it's going to, it's going to turn out to be like that. They have to get somebody before the waiver that they just acquired a pitcher from someone for cash considerations. They, they acquired someone. I can't remember who I think it's, I think it's another bullpen arm dude from Philly. Yeah. Right. But they need to get a, a starting pitcher. Go see if they go see if the Reds put Matt Harvey. That is a name that I have kept on pitching for this team. It is the most low risk pickup you could possibly do. Absolutely. And it won't cost you anything. And I highly, and maybe the Reds, if they were asking for a premium, ish before that asking price came down go get a matt harvey see if the mets put the grom on the on the waiver wire go get a damn pitcher someone someone, someone. you know john gray who is, cons- who is consistent enough I, I think they're gonna hang, hang on to john gray true because the Col- colorado is still very much in it true but they need to get someone who they know can go out there and on any given day doesn't have to be the best pitcher in baseball that they have to go get, but they need to go get someone who they know that they, if they if they got to go to a one game playoff, they don't have Brewers fans and or in the in the organization don't have to sit there and be like, oh boy, what are we doing sending X Y Z to the mound? Best case scenario, they go get a Jacob Degrom, in which if they do that, then color me surprised. Then they make we all know noise. that's not happening. Yeah. Right, they make a lot of noise. We all know it's not happening, but they need to get go get. They need to go get a pitcher before August thirty first. And I'm going to keep saying his name because it just makes the most damn sense. Because apparently the Brewers don't want to go want to go don't want to go big here. Go get Matt Harvey if you are if you are insistent and not gutting your system and falling and not wanting to give the Mets what they want which is an astronomical asking price, which it very well should be. But go get Matt Harvey. He's the best. Or what's there's some? I can't remember his name, but he's a pitcher for the Twins right now. I can't remember his name. Go get him. Sant- go get him. Santana or the Kyle dude? Kyle, the Kyle guy. I know, yeah, I, I looked up his name because we mentioned him in another podcast, and I looked up his name, and then I forgot again. 
But yeah, if we want to make any any sort there, of playoff run, we need a pitcher. Right. There are options out there where they're not the sexiest names, but they can get the job done. And I would trust them to get the job done in a one-game playoff a lot better than anyone in the starting five as it's currently constructed. No pitcher, no World Series. And speaking of the World Series. No World Series. Try no playoffs at this rate. I, I was, M- was, maybe if they was, slip. It was a segue, Connor. <laughs> Yay. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I'm trying to stay optimistic about this team. But I know. I, I want them to stay in, but I have a funny feeling that that annual September slump is right around the corner. <sighs> Unfortunately, you're probably right. But like I was saying, speaking of the World Series, because I was trying to segue, segue. <laughs> um, the latest odds for the World Series came out, uh, I think today they came out. Yeah, it was today uh, on Bleacher Report. And the two top odds, the two, the two favorite teams to meet in the World Series are the Los Angeles Dodgers out of the National League and representing the American League. Of course, the Red Hot Red Sox. Um, yeah, the, the the Red Sox are leading the American League with uh, they're they're up or they're plus one ninety, and then they got the Astros behind them, the Yankees, the Indians, Athletics. Interesting, Mariners, Angels, Rays, Twins, in that order, and then in, on the National League side, like I said, the Dodgers they're plus two forty five. The Cubs are close with close behind with plus four hundred. The Brewers are actually in third place at the National League, um, and then it goes Phillies, Braves, Diamondbacks, Nationals, Rockies, Cardinals, Pirates, Giants, <laughs> and the Reds are plus fifty thousand. Might have to throw a dollar or two on them. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so Connor, what do you think about the the well? favored uh matchup between the red sox and the dodgers do you think that's the the probable world series that we're going to see or do you see uh, different teams getting hot not if the dodgers don't get back kenley jansen because they don't know if they're going to get him back or they don't know if he's gonna or they don't know if he's gonna gonna have to have heart surgery because of the irregular heartbeat that he has so and we saw what happened just a couple of nights ago against the the giants the Dodgers had the lead into the ninth, and then they they blew it, and they, they ended up suffering a five three loss. At this rate, honestly, in the American League, all season long, I had the Astros going back, partially biased because they have most some of my favorite players in the entire league. Carlos Correa, but he is one of, if not the number one favorite player of mine in the league. Oh, um, but. I'm it's... telling you on Mankata. <laughs> Say what? I said I'm telling you on Mankata. <laughs> <laughs> telling him you said that. Mankata knows I love him. <laughs> it's cool. Akuna Akuna Mankata. But Oh man. Anyways. Anyway. Speaking of Mankata, let me get on the team that traded him to us. Boston. It's who can stop them? Who who can stop them? They've been incredible. I mean, I mean we not only thought... just them, but JD Martinez and in, in like specifically JD Martinez have been on fire. 
what was I saying? Martinez is having an MVP year. Mookie Betts is Hit for the Mookie cycle Bet- the other day. Mookie Betts does. Mookie Betts deserves the MVP at some point in his career. I think so too. But I mean, everyone thought that the Yankees were the best were the best shot to, to slow them down. Yeah, that's and true. the Reds and the Red Sox made them just made them look it silly. Was, they, they, it wasn't anything to them. No. It wasn't anything to them in that most recent series that they had. So my thing is, who can stop them? Who is going to Can Houston do it? Can can the Yankees maybe get them back in the playoffs? And if they make it to the World Series, realistically, the only team that I think that has a pretty good shot at shutting them down when everyone's healthy on paper is either the Dodgers or even the Cubs. Personally, personally, I would like to see the Cubs in the in the in the no. Red Sox in the World Series. No. I would nope. Epstein Mm-mm. World Series. Nope. It, nope. Nope. It's, nope. It's a it's a history it's a history thing for me. It's two of the well, two of the long oldest franchises in the league, two of the two of the oldest ballparks in the league. The last, I think two of the last standing OG ballparks in the league. Yeah, I, I could so. be wrong. I think, I think so. they're the last two OGs. Um That's what I think is going to happen because I hate to say it. But the Cubs, always, especially since they decided to get good, when they, they find a way to turn suck. it on. When they decided not to suck, yeah, they know when to turn it on right at that time. Yeah, and I think, and this is why I think the Brewers really need to get hot because the Cubs are. I think they're getting it out of their system right now. They're getting all the hiccups out of the system now because come the end of September, I'm afraid. Well, see, I'm that's the the. Actually, like we need to get hot within the next month because within the next month we play them tomorrow again, the Cubs. Yep. And then in the beginning of September we play them the third, the fourth, the fifth, and yep. then again a week later the tenth, the eleventh, and twelfth. And then we're done yep. with them for the season. But like throughout that that week stretch of games, because it's Cubs, Giants, Cubs. Like though that's going to be a big week for us if we can potentially you know take care of other teams obviously we need to win other series but like those two series early in september are going to be huge oh yeah i mean they they need to go over 500 in the in that in that stretch because the cubs lead the division and the and the giants are still have still have a puncher's chance at the playoffs so i mean yeah that stretch is massive for the brewers but focusing on the world series yeah, the Red Sox are in. I, I the Red Sox are definitely in for me. It's I don't want them in. I want to see Houston back. I want to see I want to see the Yankees actually in the World Series again. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh Lord," I but would love to see the Yankees. I, I want I would I want to see Giancarlo Stanton hit a bomb in the World Series. Same. I, I want to see Aaron Judge. I would scream like the the the. the the high pitched squealing that people would hear on campus is me going bonkers for a Giancarlo Stan home run in the World Series. I want that to happen. I just don't see it happening because I don't know who can beat this Red Sox team. <laughs> I don't know if anyone in the American League can take them can take them to task in a four game series. And the Dodgers can't if they don't have bullpen help. And 
I really don't think the Cubs can. I don't think they can. Not with the way I, their starters have been playing. Exactly. You know, maybe when Bryant gets back and if you Darvish finally gets back and he pitches, you know, decently, then yeah. we'll see. Yeah. But I don't think it matters who comes out of the National League. I think... I think the Red the Red Sox are in the World Series, and I, it's it's hard to it's very hard to argue that they are not the clear cut favorite. But I mean, games games aren't won in the regular season. They aren't won in August. They're you know the hottest team could get in. The hottest team who gets in can easily just run, win the entire thing. So I mean, we'll see what happens in the last couple weeks of September, even how the playoffs shape up, but. As it stands right now, Austin just looks too good. Yeah, they look just incredible. And, you know, even the Brewers commentary, like Euchre and all the guys on the radio, they, they mention in every game that, you know, Euchre does his uh, once-a-game glance over at the out-of-town scoreboard, and he just goes, oh, yep, Boston's winning <laughs> again. And it it's just crazy. Like, they've been red hot lately. I – it like you mentioned, it's hard for me to see anyone if they do get to the series. It's hard for me to see anyone out of the National League really like competing with them. Like you said, the Cubs and the Dodgers had the best chance at it. The Dodgers definitely out of the two, just because they have the better rotation. But even then, like they, it's tough. But but looking at the American League in general, I think the Astros and the Indians actually may, maybe not so much the more so the Astros for sure, but I think both teams have a, a decent chance to compete with the Red Sox, to compete with Boston because I think they I think they match up well. I think the Indians have enough uh ha, have enough power and have enough, have enough uh explosiveness to, you know, to kind of compete with them, to stay with them. And I think the Astros just have enough talent in general. Like the, the, they're one of the most talented teams in baseball, um, especially up the middle and on defense. Like their defensive alignment with with Bregman, Correa, and Altuve, like that's just an incredible middle infield. Plus, you know, plus the third baseman. Like those three are just incredible. So I, think I Houston to me is. Boston's biggest threat out of both leagues the Yankees can but I think they're too they're they're too power hungry like they have three people on their team who are home run hitters so they're gonna strike out a lot so like they're to me they're not like a playoff team right now because of that and I, I I said that at the beginning of the season like they're they're an exciting team to watch but because they have Stanton, Judge, and Sanchez, who all like to just swing for the fences, they're going to strike out more often than not. So I don't know, come playoff time, how they would respond to a team like the Red Sox. I think it would go a lot like their last series against each other. It'd be interesting. But yeah, um, I think, you know... As obvious as this is, I think the top three teams in these odds that they have listed are definitely the favorites. Like, I don't see anyone out of these top threes making the World Series. I see the Red Sox, Astros, and Yankees 
one of those three will make it and I see the Cubs Dodgers or Brewers I don't see I don't see the Braves I think they're too young and too inconsistent I don't see the Phillies they they're not there yet Diamondbacks Nationals I don't see any of that I don't see the Indians Athletics I'm surprised they're so high and the Mariners the Mariners could make some noise I don't see it happen now the Cano's back maybe but I I don't think so these those six teams are going to like it's going to be a combination of those. Those are the only teams that I see really going on. But the Red Sox definitely have to be the favorite at this point just because of how talented they are. Let's get on to some segments. And gosh dang it, would you just look at this? I'm 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 feeling it again, Connor. Oh boy. What are you feeling? I'm hashtag mad about it. What are you mad about, Kyle? A certain wide receiver in Cincinnati had to go and open his mouth. And apparently, uh, A.J. Green guarantees that he'll be a Hall of Famer. And he said he wants to be the best of all time. Now, how are you going to... Okay. <laughs> I get... Wide receivers don't you don't you know when you think of wide receivers you don't necessarily look at rings you don't necessarily look at at wins that that's a quarterback thing but you do look at stats and to me AJ well here's the thing though like AJ Green isn't even the best wide receiver right now and there's an argument that he's not top three there's an argument that he's not even top five at this point. There is an argument that he is top five, and some people might even say he is top three, but there you can fight against that. Like I personally don't have him in my top five. I think he's probably six or seven. Like he is great, but it's also he's also not on a great team, doesn't have a fantastic quarterback, which doesn't help. So it just makes me really mad. When you're not necess- you're not a proven like he's a proven solid receiver, but he hasn't you haven't proven to anyone that you make your team better. Julio Jones went to a Super Bowl <laughs> because he's uncoverable and his quarterback was able to just give him the ball whenever. And Odell Beckham he got his team his crappy team two years ago to the playoffs. And, you know, you even DeAndre Hopkins, he puts up numbers with bad with backup quarterbacks. Just I can't imagine what he's going to do this year with Deshaun Watson. You look at guys like uh, Adam Thielen, who's putting up numbers with Case Keenum. You put you look at guys uh, Keenan Allen over in San Diego. He puts up numbers and he makes his team consistently better. I don't. I don't think A.J. Green – A.J. Green is a big guy, he's a big target, and he's reliable. But to me, he doesn't make – like, he doesn't make Cincinnati a threat. Like, he's not an instant impact guy like everyone – like like a Julio Jones or like an Odell Beckham Jr. So you can't, you can't sit here and not be – not even be the best wide receiver in the league currently and sit here and guarantee that you're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Because, honestly – He's being talked about less and less every year. And especially nowadays in the world that we live in, if you're not talked about, you're going to soon be forgotten, even if you're good. 
and then no one's going to be talking about you later either. Even if even if you have decent stats to put up, people aren't going to be talking about you. They're going to be talking about Julio. They're going to be talking about Odell, Keenan, all of these guys, and AJ Green's going to be forgotten. I I don't you can't you can't especially preseason. You you just can't say stuff like that. I I don't guaranteeing a Hall of Fame. First of all, it's not in your control. That's not something that you can like <laughs> it's up to other people. I don't know. This just makes me really mad. People like I I get like I'm okay with, you know, Devontae Adams went out and said, "Oh, what's the record for most touchdowns in a season by a wide receiver?" Interesting. I want to break that. Like that's something that like that's a goal that he's able to set. And you know, stuff like that. But to sit here and say that you are a guaranteed Hall of Famer at this point in your career when you really haven't proved that much, that just that upsets me. <laughs> it makes me mad. Hashtag mad about it. Would you like to add anything? <clears throat> um. This is why you gotta stay consistent, kids. Because you blink, and there's a there could be two, three other people gonna outwork you, be better than you. You could once be one of the top wide receivers, and now everyone's just like, "Who?" It's not. And to be fair, it's not like everyone forgot about AJ Green. He's just there's just too many other good wide receivers now to even put him in the category now, yeah. and. It also doesn't help when you have a quarterback who is so damn streaky, in my opinion, oh, and Andy Dalton. So, I mean, part of this is part of this. I can't even blame AJ Green. I mean, the whole "I want to be the best of all time," "I want to be a future," "I want to be a future Hall of Famer," "I am a future Hall of Famer." Okay, and every NFL player tells tells him tells himself that. You know, and he's he's still a star in this league. He's he's not a top five star, but he's still a star in this league. So I can't say that he's that he can't he's not vindicated. Yeah. But I I also want I, to I, I wonder how long the, the Andy Dalton AJ Green connection is gonna go forward in the future. True. I also want to point out I I am all for players saying that they want to be the best of all time. That's what drives them. They want to be one of the best. They want to be a Hall of Famer. But to sit here and say that you are guaranteed to be a Hall of Famer, that there's, he, he said, quote, there's no doubt that I'll be one of the best. No, you can't. No, I want to be one of the best. That's what drive. I, I'm driven to be one of the best. I'm working towards being one of the best. That's the mindset you have to have. You can't sit here and tell yourself that you're going to be, that there's no doubt in your mind that you're going to be. Like you can't tell, you can't say that to the media. You have to, you have to approach it from a different standpoint. Let's move on to another segment. Winners and losers, as always. We'll start with winners. Connor, who do you got winning today? Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> who, do I, who do I have winning today? 
well. <laughs> FIFA. Okay. Because they updated the cover. Ronaldo looks clean <laughs> in that new Juventus jersey. True. And... Neymar is now on the cover of the game, so that's all good. Apparently, some people who played the beta aren't liking it a whole lot, but I'll reserve judgment for me. True. Interest, interesting fact. You know how they... Uh, it was very sporadic who all got the FIFA beta or just the beta for like some of those games? How you have to be like specifically selected? Yeah. I was selected last year to play the FIFA 18 beta. Oh, really? I did. That's super I complete, cool. I completely forgot to leave feedback on the little discussion thing that they told you to do, oh, dang. which is probably why I didn't get the beta for FIFA 19. Probably. But yeah, I play. I had the beta for FIFA 18 last year. That's really cool. It was. It was great. Yeah. So. Well, when do the my FIFA, winner is FIFA? When does the FIFA game come mm-hmm. out? When do they usually come out? Oh, the end of September. Okay. So I'm probably gonna set aside like sixty, seventy bucks oh, yeah. from my from birthday money, so I can go ahead and get that. Or what I'm gonna do is on my birthday, I just go ahead and buy it, so I get so when it does all play it two, three days early. I'm like <laughs> exactly, yeah. like you never said when the pre order buy. <laughs> so and if and if there's still the whole discount deal, because usually if you pre order it through the through the previous year's FIFA, you get some money off and the ability to play it a few days early. Nice. So nice. What I'm thinking—that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do. Honestly, it's like if that deal is still up on FIFA 18, I'm, I'm buying it through FIFA 18, and then I'm gonna play FIFA 19. And uh, good luck seeing me that weekend. If it doesn't, if it does not require my attendance, my attendance will not be present. I just love this time of year because Madden just came out. And then, you know, September will have FIFA and I believe WWE and then NBA 2K comes yeah, out in October and NBA Live, NBA Call of Duty is coming out this year, yep. a, new, a new Battlefield, yep. Spider-Man comes out. Ba- oh my God, Spider-Man comes out. That's basically, right. Basically, PSA. This is, <clears throat> let me, let me get my, let me get my generic voice going. Let me, let me take this drink of water real quick so I can get my generic voice going. <laughs> <laughs> Programming generic voice. <clears throat> this is a public service announcement brought to you by First Round KO to all of the females out there or those who are in relationships with someone who plays a heavy amount of video games, male or female. Starting when these games officially come out, especially starting now that Madden has been released, I... Connor J.D. Moore would like to announce that you will have a hard time finding your significant other to spend time with you. So if you are able to get him or her to put down the controller from Fortnite or Madden or NBA or WWE or FIFA or whatever it may be in the coming months or even in November when when the new Pokemon game gets released for the Nintendo Switch, whatever it may be, Cherish those moments that you have when the controller or console is turned off and when it is put away, because you may not see him or her for very long stretches of time. Once again, 
That was a public service announcement brought to you by the good folks over at the First Round KO Podcast. I'm KO, and I approve this message. <laughs> <laughs> um, jeez. Uh, my winner is wrestling fans because this weekend is going to be fantastic. Like I mentioned already, uh, this Sunday is WWE SummerSlam. It's the biggest party of the summer every year. It's basically. The second, it's the second biggest pay per view besides uh, WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania Junior, so all of these matches are going to be hopefully good. <laughs> I say this, and I'm probably going to be disappointed, but all of these matches are going to be good. All the rivalries and the builds have been pretty pretty good, and and the, you know every title's on the line, all of that fun stuff. It's going to be fantastic, but that's not all because the night before that, Saturday night. We get NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. And the reason that's so big is because NXT has been slowly turning this TakeOver Brooklyn into NXT's version of WrestleMania. They have started numbering it. This is, you know, it it was NXT Brooklyn or TakeOver Brooklyn. And then it was TakeOver Brooklyn 2. And then it was 3. And now it's 4. Like, it's actually being a WrestleMania thing where they're, like... They're going to be going back every year, and it's going to be in Bar- It's going to be at the Barclays Center every year. It's going to be boom, boom, boom. So it, they're turning it into their WrestleMania, which means it's going to be their biggest show of the year. It's going to. There's going to be great angles. There's probably going to be debuts. There might be returns. All the matches are going to be fantastic. Saturday is going to be fantastic for wrestling, for NXT Takeover Brooklyn Four, and then Sunday, like I mentioned, WWE SummerSlam. At Barclay, always fun. New York crowds are great. And then the next night, Monday Night Raw, still at the Barclay Center. Still the hardcore fans are going to be in town. And then the hardcore fans are going to stay another night and stay for WWE SmackDown, which is also going to be at the Barclay Center. Four shows at the Barclay Center. Those hardcore fans, they're going to be exhausted, but they're, they are going to give it their all because they are hardcore, they are passionate, and it's going to be such a fun wrestling weekend yeah i got nothing to add okay next segment we're gonna talk some losers connor who do you have losing today everyone whose team name does not begin with juventus in (laughs) Serie A, starting this saturday because a certain man, a very, very talented man, who goes by the name of Cristiano Ronaldo, makes his official Juventus debut this Saturday when Juve opened the Serie A campaign. And I would, if you are a soccer fan, or if you're just someone who, I don't know, just only really cares about the big names, say a prayer for almost every team. AC Milan, sure, they got Gonzalo Higuain and retooled a little bit. Not enough. Napoli, got a, got a, pretty, darn, got a pretty darn good team, too. Won't hang. AC Milan, Mario Accardi could score with the best of them. But he can't do everything. 
Juventus. They have Ronaldo. They have Ibala. They have Quadrado, Matuidi, Janic, Bonucci, Chiellini. Oh, the list goes on and on and on. So me, being a lifelong Juventus fan since, when did Ronaldo sign? Whenever Ronaldo signs. <laughs> sometime in June. Yep. But me but me being a lifelong Juventus fan since June, I offer my condolences to the lifelong. rest of the league. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> lifelong since June. You're a funny guy. Hey oh. man. I rolled I I rolled with my dog Ronaldo. That's fair. Like I I, I feel the same way. I'm a LeBron fan. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be ha- I'm gonna be getting my third LeBron jersey in like what five years now. So whatever. My loser today is Broncos rookies because the Denver Broncos took part in some initiation. We'll call it today. Uh, you could uh, some might also call it hazing, but this is some I I this is pretty harmless hazing considering because um the Denver Broncos players um provided free haircuts to their rookies free of charge uh today after uh one of their training camps and of course you get what you pay for <laughs> and you're going to have to look these up because obviously this is a podcast and I can't show you but these haircuts are horrendous. <laughs> like most of them, the yeah, the most of them consist of shaving the sides and the back and then some like the back of the top and leaving hair like on the front half of your head and then like spiking it with some weird gel. And let's just say those guys are going to be happy that a, they get to wear helmets and hats uh, during games, and B, that hair grows back because, oh dear God, it's bad, it's really bad. <laughs> Go, I, I just trust me on this. Just type in Denver Broncos haircuts, and you'll see how just, how bad they actually like. A pro pro life tip: if a Denver Bronco player offers you a haircut, politely decline. Before we yeah. wrap up, <laughs> before we wrap up today's podcast, one last thing from both of us, Connor. What's your one last thing? My one last thing. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> I cannot talk today for whatever reason. Uh, there's been something lodged into my throat. Ah, uh, Raquan Smith finally signs. I knew you were gonna use that. He finally signed, and thus, and thus, I was somewhat right about my, or not my, it's not my, about the, the prop see last year in regards to Deshaun Watson and his glorious career to be, and the same entities that have given me 
the ability to read such prophecy of Deshaun Watson have given me yet another sacred stone, Kyle. <laughs> Do you want to know what this new sacred stone says? I want to know what the stone looks like and what the, where you got this stone because it's starting... Don't question where I get the stone. Just ask where the stone, what the stone says. Concerning me a little. What, Connor, what does the stone say? The stone says that Raquan Smith will be the next great linebacker in Chicago Bears history, and he shall be the missing piece to the puzzle of what used to be the monsters of the midway. And he, along with the other defensive masterminds, led by the defensive specialist, Vic Fangio, shall bring our monsters out of hibernation and stake claim to what is soon to be rightfully ours, which is the NFC North crown. I have seen it in the sacred stone and it shall happen. All I can picture is just like someone took like a big rock (laughs) and a big piece of paper and they wrote rock on Smith is going to be amazing. And then they like rubber band that piece of paper to a rock and then threw that rock through your window. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't forget. They put, they put, they, they put glitter on it. You know, yeah, they had they had to they they put some glue on it and just rolled it around some glitter and, and, the, and it's like it, it dried it's up, like right? typed out and it says sacred stone in all caps and underlined <laughs> and then underneath it says all that stuff about Raekwon and this is you know obviously this happened last year too this guy has he's he's just got a date marked on his calendar that says throw sacred stone <laughs> and he did this last year and it's the same thing with Deshaun Watson so. I want to know who you. your source is. I think it's how, probably. How dare you? I just mock picture. The sacred, how dare you mock the sacred stones? Just picture like someone off of ESPN. Like, <clears> I've oh, got to go throw the stone the, today. <laughs> I have been given the ability to see gifts from a football deity. How dare you insult? How dare you insult my ability to see? and read the prophecy that is the chosen one of Deshaun Watson and the missing piece that is Raquan Smith. How dare you? (laughs) I need to go to bed. (laughs) Yeah, it's too late at night. One last thing for me. Um, So I I am going to introduce a new segment. We are not going to do the segment this week. Um, We're going to start the segment next week. Um, and it's fitting and you'll see why in a second. So next week on um, it, it'll be every Wednesday. It'll be a, the second half of the show. We'll do a normal show every Wednesday. And then the second half of the show on Wednesday will be what I will be calling wrestling Wednesdays. Um, start starting next Wednesday, every Wednesday, we will be doing a recap of both raw and SmackDown from the past Monday and Tuesday night. And, yeah, we're basically just going to be talking WWE for, I'd say, like a half hour, 45 minutes on top of the actual podcast. So some of those podcasts might get a little long. We'll try to keep normal Wednesday episodes a, a tad bit shorter uh, so that we can do that and so that it, the podcast isn't too long. But, yeah, we're we're going to be doing, you know, a recap. We're going to kind of go like 
just just a quick segment by segment type of thing for both Raw and SmackDown. Just you know what happened, what we thought of the segments, what we think, where stories are going, all that kind of fun stuff. What we thought of the matches. Um, yeah, and I think that'll be fun. And then you know maybe the listeners who don't watch WWE but still listen to that kind of stuff that they'll have more of an understanding when we do actually talk about wrestling and when we do do predictions and pre and reviews and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's going to be really fun. I like talking wrestling a lot. I've, I've really been into wrestling and just behind the scenes stuff lately, uh, especially since I've been doing prediction stuff with the new, new bullet shield day club. And now Connor's a part of that too. So I, I just think it's going to be real fun to talk wrestling once a week and to go over the raw and SmackDown shows since I watched them already. So, so yeah, Wednesday, wrestling Wednesdays starting next Wednesday Connor you want to take us out I have an update update I have received message from my deity who has given me the ability to read these sacred stones I'm going to add like a glass a glass shattering sound effect when I was just talking <laughs> there so it sounds like someone just threw a rock through your window And anyway, this, <laughs> this isn't so much a stone; it is a scroll. And this, and this scroll says, "Hey guys, we have a five star podcast now on iTunes. You should really check us out. You sh- and what you should also do, you should definitely boost up that rating and give us a five star rating on the podcast app on iTunes. When you look up first round KO, give us a five star rating. Drop a review also." If you so do, please, but definitely give us a five-star rating. And on SoundCloud, for those of you who either prefer SoundCloud on whatever device you like, or if you just have an Android phone and you don't have the ability to access the iTunes podcast app, our version of a five-star there is you just smash that heart button. Wow, I sound like a YouTuber. Smash the like button. (laughs) Smash the subscribe button. Repost to let your friends know to watch. (laughs) <laughs> hey, you said it. hey you said it for me so <laughs> except for watch it's listen i know but that, you look, that's true but you want to look up first round but you want to look up first round ko podcast for that on soundcloud spotify to be announced at a later date speaking of watch <laughs> though since you did say that there's there might be some youtube comment or content on friday Ooh, so go subscribe to our youtube channel too first round ko on youtube that's right. There is going to be YouTube content, most Ooh, likely. And it's not going to be the podcast. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> for more updates on that, it's also best for you to go follow us on Twitter at FRKO Podcast. Follow Kyle over over here at Olsen2K18. And to figure out how and to figure out where exactly I get my love and my Vision for the chosen one, also known as Deshaun Watson. The Bears should have drafted him. Give me a follow at Connor Moore underscore seven to to see all of my revealings of messages from the sacred stone. (laughs) Um, Yes. Did you say the other ones? Follow at Connor Moore underscore seven. 
Links in the description. Thank you. <laughs> I straight up didn't hear you say mine or the podcast one. I'm not going to lie to I you. I literally did. Okay. I probably zoned out. That's my bad. Links in the description. Thank you. Anyways. Enough about sacred stones and prophecies and chosen ones and what the bears failed to do and when they broke my heart a year ago. But next episode, if you like wrestling, that's a show for you. And if you don't like wrestling, it's still the show for you. We're going to break down SummerSlam. Who wins? Who doesn't? Who walks out with the title? Who who walks out with with the with the N with the WTC title? Who knows? You're just gonna have to find out. Figure out how much I'm gonna be happy or mad about the Ronda and Roman fights and anything else that happens as well to be determined. I don't know. I'm not too confident about SummerSlam this year. But until then, to figure out more about that. You are definitely going to want to stay tuned for the next time when we shock the system since day one-ish. Beggar begging please don't make me feel this again Things are getting eerie like the lake is down in Michigan Had a good year, kinda tired, we're the Michelin At the finish line, go get the checkered flag Take a couple more shots, that's extended mag I don't mean to brag, you smell the scented bag I pull up solo at the function, I'm a tennis stag Stone cold bachelor, acid rapping chancellor Couple years an amateur, but never had a chance for you You see me as a challenge to manage your intuition